this is John from the freegiftfromgod.com podcast. I'm continuing to read the insights I found while seeking to understand what the scriptures say the true church of God should look like. All this information comes from my free ebook titled The True Church of God, and it can be downloaded freely at the freegiftfromgod.com website. So let me continue reading, and I hope you find something of value in the insights that the Lord has given to me. Today I want to look at the second part of this series I'm doing on the prosperity gospel. And I want to look at, will money commend you to God? No amount of money, no matter how much, is able to commend a person to God. Those in the Bible who were rich were not commended to God on the basis of their great wealth, but because of their faith and obedience to God. Consider the likes of Abraham, Joseph, Job, King David and King Solomon. All of these men were extremely wealthy, but they were not called the servants and friends of God because of their wealth. They were the friends of God because of their faith and obedience to his word. So let's look at a few scriptures that show money will not and does not commend us to God. As for the rich in this world, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on uncertain riches. 1 Timothy 6, verse 17. Paul tells Timothy that those who are rich should not think they are better than anyone else and definitely should not be haughty because they are rich. He says that riches are uncertain, unlike God, who is stable and solid, and Jesus, who is the rock. Money and wealth are uncertain. You only need to consider the effects of inflation on the value of money to see how uncertain it is. In Germany, after the end of the First World War, inflation was that high that money was basically worthless. You could barely buy a loaf of bread with a wheelbarrow load of cash. So if money and wealth are uncertain and can easily be stripped away, Why would the Lord suggest that money should be an indicator of a person's faith? Well, he doesn't. But this is the claim by these prosperity gospel preachers. Scripture says, But woe to you that are rich, for you have received your consolation. Luke chapter 6, verse 24. Note in this verse that those who are rich have received their consolation. Their money and their wealth is their consolation rather than the true wealth that comes from God. One of the greatest scriptures that opposes the prosperity gospel is this one. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and hurtful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced their hearts with many pangs. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. Compare the works and the ways of the prosperity gospel preachers who want their congregations to seek wealth with this scripture. Those who desire to be rich fall into temptation that leads to many traps, snares, human passions and desires that are ruinous to the person spiritually and often physically and emotionally as well. There are no good words about desiring to be rich in this verse or any suggestion is a good thing and a blessing from God. The prosperity gospel teachers have got it wrong. This verse alone shows the folly of this ministry, especially when we look at the second half of this quote. It tells us that the love of money is the root of all evils. It's not money itself, but the love of money and the craving for wealth that comes from this. There are many who have been trapped by this craving that led to their spiritual destruction as their greed pulled them away from the faith. This is what the prosperity gospel proponents are preaching to their congregations. They are telling them to seek money and wealth. 
They are twisting scriptures to coerce their congregations into giving their money to the church on the basis that they will receive that and more in return. This is not seeking the blessing of the Lord. It is an attempt to make a bargain with the Lord. It is an attempt to say to the Lord that if we give, then we will get back. And the more we give, the more we get, and so receive greater wealth and prosperity. But the premise on which this stands is wrong, because we do not give to get back. We give to serve and to help others in need. The way they promote this prosperity gospel is that it's all about us. It is a self-centered teaching that focuses on ourselves. But the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ is encapsulated in the golden rule to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. The truth is about serving, not being served. And it is about freely giving to help rather than expecting a greater return on investment for what is given. Christians get hurt by this ministry when the big returns do not eventuate. They are told that they need to have more faith and so they condemn themselves for their lack of faith, and are encouraged to give more and sow a bigger seed so that the Lord will bless them. What does Scripture say? And he said to them, Take heed and beware of all covetousness, for a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Luke chapter 12, verse 15. It's not about how much wealth you accumulate in this life. It's not about wealth and storing up treasures here on earth. It's about being rich towards God and the Lord Jesus Christ in the things that matter to him. It's about learning to live in peace and harmony with your brethren, learning to walk in the Spirit, learning to walk in love and to find love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control, which are the fruits of the Spirit that lead to salvation. These are the things that are important and are the true riches in Jesus Christ, not money, wealth and an abundance of possessions. And we see this re-emphasized again in the next scripture. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 21. We are told by Jesus here not to lay up treasures on earth, but to be rich towards God. The riches of this world are uncertain, and they wear out, they rust and fade away, or they may be lost and stolen by thieves and con men. But the riches we accrue in heaven do not rust or fade and cannot be touched by the evil people of this world. They are eternal and lead to salvation with Christ. Most important in this quote is the last part in verse 21. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. We set our hearts and minds upon the things that are important to us. That is what we treasure. If wealth and money are what drive us, we focus on those things and are not focusing on God and the ways of the Lord. Our hearts cannot be with Christ if we are focused on worldly things. This is the essence of the earlier verse that said you cannot serve God and mammon. It's all about what our minds are set on, and we know also from Romans chapter 8, verses 5 to 8, that to set the mind on the things of the flesh, that is, wealth and money, and other things, leads only to death. I'll read it out. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, it does not submit to God's law, indeed it cannot. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Romans 8, verses 5 to 8. 
And yet these are the very things into which the prosperity gospel preachers would lead their people. All of the pain, suffering and condemnation that comes from setting their minds on the things of the flesh, such as money, wealth and riches, that are hostile to God rather than focusing on Christ. In the next few verses, we see where these things can lead to if a person follows this false doctrine. Come now, you rich, weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches have rotted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver have rusted and their rust will be evidence against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have laid up treasure for the last days. James chapter 5 verses 1 to 3. There is not a pleasant end for the rich as we see in these verses. Misery awaits those who seek wealth and not the blessings of the Lord. Is this the path the prosperity gospel preachers would seek for their congregations? Probably not deliberately, but this is the path that they may be pushing them towards. And it would most certainly be the path that the preachers themselves are on because they are laying up personal treasures for their own benefit at the expense of their congregations. Scripture says this, And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of low degree. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent empty away. Luke 1 verses 50 to 53. We're shown here that the Lord will cast down the proud and be merciful to those who fear God. He puts down those who exalt themselves but lifts up those who are humble or of low degree. And we see that it is not the rich who are blessed in verse 53 of this, but the hungry who are satisfied. The rich are sent away empty, but the hungry receive the blessings of the Lord. So again, seeking wealth and riches could separate a person from the blessings of the Lord. Now this makes sense when we consider it from a spiritual perspective. Those who are hungry for the words of the Lord and are seeking the good spiritual food that leads to life will be satisfied because they have made the kingdom of God their priority. They are not serving money or wealth as their master, but they are focused on the Lord. But the rich, by comparison, are trying to serve two masters, God and mammon, which is wealth and riches. If they are not wholeheartedly hungry for the Lord, but are divided as they also seek wealth, riches and prosperity, then they will be rejected and will be sent away hungry. That is why we need to focus on the things of God and not the things of this world. This is another reason why the prosperity gospel is failing Christians. It takes their focus away from the Lord and seeking the kingdom of God as first priority and places their focus on wealth. This scripture says this, Let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation and the rich in his humiliation, because like the flower of the grass he will pass away. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass. Its flower falls and its beauty perishes. So will a rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. James 1 verses 9 to 11. The rich will fade away and those who seek riches will fade away as they continue pursuing the dream of wealth. They will perish and fall away because, like the parable of the sower where the seed fell into the weeds, they will be strangled by the riches and pleasures of this world. There will be no room for the gospel of Jesus Christ in their lives because the true gospel opposes and is at odds with the teachings of the prosperity gospel. They will not be able to genuinely follow both doctrines, so something will have to give. Typically, it will be the truth, because if their heart is set on wealth, then there is no place for the Lord in their thinking. 
And this is what happens in the churches where the prosperity gospel is preached. It is the truth that goes by the wayside and is kicked to the curb because there is no truth in the prosperity gospel. The preachers introduce lies for the purpose of growing wealth and riches, and they base their ministry on those lies rather than the truth. They introduce tithing into the church as the basic foundation for creating wealth in the church and to coerce their congregations into giving them money, and yet tithing is not even part of the new covenant. Through tithing, they force people back under the law. They put people under condemnation when they can't afford to tithe, and they take away the freedom from law that is given freely in and through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And as for tithing, they do not even pretend to follow the laws of tithing in the Old Testament, but make up their own laws to keep people in bondage. The form of tithing in the modern church is a lie and is a false doctrine that should be rejected. I will go into more detail about tithing shortly in another podcast yet to come, where this lie is exposed to the light of the scripture and utterly falls apart. And yet this is the foundation of the prosperity gospel. So if the foundation is crumbling and falling apart, what hope is there for the churches that teach prosperity gospel? The spiritual houses they've built on this false doctrine and false foundation must likewise crumble and fail and fall apart. Scripture says this, And Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I say to you, it will be hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Matthew chapter 19, verses 23 and 24. And here is the crux of the matter and why the pursuit of wealth is such a bad idea. By seeking wealth, and especially if a person gains it, it will be hard for them to enter the kingdom of God. The more these prosperity gospel preachers seek wealth, and likewise their congregations, the harder they are making it for the people to enter God's kingdom. Look how hard Jesus says it will be. It will be easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. If Jesus said it would be so hard for a wealthy person to enter the kingdom of God, why would anyone think it is a blessing to pursue wealth? Scriptures like this one are not preached as part of the prosperity gospel because they don't want to hear the truth of these things. There are other scriptures that they do preach, and we will look at those shortly to see some of the Bible verses used to justify this wealth-seeking ministry. In our next session, we'll go through and we'll look at scriptures used to justify the prosperity gospel and ministry. So that's all I have for this week. I hope you found it interesting and I hope you'll join me again next week as I continue looking at these aspects of the true church of God. All of the information I'm covering here is contained in a free ebook titled The True Church of God that can be downloaded from the freegiftfromgod.com website. So until next week, this is John from the freegiftfromgod.com podcast signing off and hoping you have a blessed week ahead. God bless. Oh, 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 oh,